Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for Tuesday, June 5th, 2018. Back here again this week for a review of Monday Night Raw as we hit uh, inside the two-week mark prior to Money in the Bank, the next co-branded event for WWE, where you know, last night you saw you know some of the continuations of rivalries, including in the very beginning the continued build in this new rivalry between Seth Rollins and Elias. Raw kicked off with Elias in the ring doing his normal shtick, singing a song, berated the, the town that they were in. Last night they were in Houston, Texas before Seth Rollins came out looking for revenge because, as we all remember last week, Elias hit him from behind with a guitar while he was standing on top of the Raw announce table. And I'll tell you, Seth did a great job continuing to play off those injuries, coming out with a limp and dealing with uh, some neck issues. But this segment became a little bit too obvious of where Raw was heading that night when he comes in the ring, he gets into a physical altercation with Elias. All of a sudden, here comes Jinder Mahal getting involved, and you knew what was bound to happen sooner or later, and that was involvement from the big dog, Roman Reigns, coming out to help his uh, former Shield brother, Seth Rollins, clear the ring of Mahal, Sunil Singh, and Elias, before Kurt Angle came out to announce that the two pairs would be in a tag team match starting right then and there. And you know that you know, it was good that they uh, kicked things off to continue building off with Seth and Elias, but it became too predictable, as I said, where the, the things were heading with getting Hall involved so quickly because... Um, of his rivalry with uh, Roman Reigns and Roman's connection and, and past history with Seth Rollins. Plus, you know, a couple weeks back, uh, Seth had made the save for him uh, during a uh, double team by Mahal and Kevin Owens. So I guess he owed his boy one there. So I got this tag match going, and you know, Mahal and, and Elias actually worked uh, pretty well to together uh, to uh, keep uh, an advantage throughout the match. Elias even uh, was able to be sneaky and uh, get get away with uh, u- using uh, weapons. Overall, I felt the match was kind of a, a step down from some of the matches we've uh, re- recently seen from Seth Rollins. Maybe it's just because of the fact that it was a uh, tag team matchup, and you know he he was able to hit some of uh, his uh, you know big signature moves, whether it be the Falcon Arrow, the diving through the ropes. Uh, even at one point, he got worried a little bit that he was hurt, but it uh, was able to uh, counteract that quick. Uh, you know, though what did what did hurt what did uh, hurt him though is you know distraction from Sunil uh, uh, Singh 
which allowed uh, uh, Elias uh, to uh, DDT him onto a chair outside the uh, the ring, uh, and uh, then uh, without the ref noticing, able hit the drift away, get the win, and you know that that's what Elias needed because you couldn't. That's the direction that this match had to have. You couldn't have you know, Elias get pinned because then he's not looked as a legitimate threat for Seth Rollins as uh, champion. Uh, the Roman and uh, Mahal, you can't have either one of them uh, beat the other uh, prior to their match at Money in the Bank. You want to save um, most of the inner the fighting between them to either backstage brawls, which as they did later on in the show, or to uh, just tag team matchups in which neither man gets pinned. So Elias getting the victory over Seth is what is the direction they needed to go there for this match. And as, I, as I said, Hall and Roman Reigns got into it backstage a little bit later on because they were each being interviewed by uh, separate backstage reporters. And you know... the. Mahal got interviewed first, then Roman was speaking, Mahal interrupted what he was saying and uh, challenged him to a fight right then and there. And it was you know, a quick little uh, backstage confrontation between them to kind of uh, uh, put over Ro- Roman as uh, a badass that's not going to back down from any challenge, As while at the same time... Uh, the making uh, Mahal look like uh, a weasel because of once again getting his ass kicked and having to use uh, Sunil Singh as a shield to protect him. So, you know, Raw Raw got off to a a hot start last night with the continuation of two of its uh, bigger rivalries right now not involved in the Money in the Bank matchup. It's hard to believe that WWE would actually pay attention to something like this or give acknowledgement to something like this. But Kurt Hawkins had not won a match since coming back to WWE a couple years ago. In fact, he's had 199 consecutive losses. And he went as far last night to promise that he was going to avoid that 200th loss by promising every fan in the building a free taco if he were to defeat his opponent, some jobber that they named James Harden after the Houston Rockets point guard who had recently had his season ended after losing to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA playoffs. And, you know, it looked like it was going to finally be that night, finally going to be the night where Hawkins was going to get that victory. The the crowd was behind him just because they wanted the free tacos. But Mr. Buzzkill himself, Baron Corbin, comes out and attacks Harden, giving him the end of days. Then attacks Kurt Hawkins after costing him the victory, giving him his uh, 200 consecutive loss via disqualification. Attacks him outside the ring and throws the taco table on top of him. And you're thinking, all right, maybe this builds toward Corbin eventually being that first victory uh an upset for Kurt Hawkins, but it showed that this was part of a grander scheme last night. When Kurt Angle approached uh, Baron Corbin about this backstage, 
Corbin informed him that Stephanie McMahon has named him the constable of Monday Night Raw, meaning that he's going to be watching over every move Kurt Angle makes and essentially threatening to inform Stephanie about it if it's not the right decision. So in layman's terms, Baron Corbin now runs Monday Night Raw. He almost has a his way of things. He he doesn't make decisions, but he oversees every one of Carter Angle's decisions. Take, for example, later in the night, there was a six-woman tag match featuring three of the four women for the women's money in the bank match. It was Sasha Banks, Ember Moon, and surprisingly, Alexa Bliss teaming together against the Riot Squad. Now, you, you figured Alexa Bliss was going to pull something sneaky and underhanded during this. And what do you know? She fakes a hamstring injury to get out of the match, leaving Banks and Moon to by themselves to face uh, the Riot Squad in what essentially had become a handicap match. And the Riot Squad did a great job uh, dividing the ring in half, uh, keeping Banks in the ring by herself, keeping her away from tagging in Moon, even attacked Ember Moon outside the ring at one point, allowing them to get a huge upper hand. Before Bailey's music went off, she comes out, tags herself into the match. The referee, for some reason, allowed this to happen. And after hitting a belly-to-belly on Sarah Logan, picked up the victory for herself, Sasha Banks, and Ember Moon, or so we thought, because Baron Corbin was watching this backstage in Kurt Angle's office and told him, are you going to allow this? It, in fact, made him go uh, tell the, the women that uh, even though they got the victory by pinfall, since Bailey wasn't part of the match officially, that they were disqualified and the Riot Squad was named the winners. So just one of them many disqualifications that happened last night on Monday Night Raw, but showed you the direction that they're heading here. Even if Stephanie's not on Raw each and every week, she's going to have someone now looking over Kurt's shoulder, running Raw in her vision, running it in her way. Or, now Baron Corbin may be a little egotistical about this and make sure things are going the way he wants it. Maybe he goes a little bit too far, goes overboard in it to the point where maybe down the line we could see Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Either way, right now Kurt Angle's not in a very good spot as Raw General Manager because every decision he makes now is going to be dissected by Baron Corbin. He's going to have him looking over his shoulder and this the specter in his mind wondering, is this something he's allowed to do or something that Stephanie would want him to do as general manager of Monday Night Raw? What's quickly become one of the more anticipated matches at Money in the Bank is the Raw Women's Championship match. Nia Jax defending against Rowdy Ronda Rousey, a match that's been described now as the biggest match in the history of the Raw Women's title. And you've seen tension build up between these two in the, the last couple of weeks when at their contracts signing, Ronda and Nia closed it out with a stare down. Or last week when uh, Nia uh, 
brought some jobber to the ring to essentially have a scrimmage and beat her up, showing uh, the Ronda everything she could do to her at Money in the Bank. This week, Nia was going to have an actual opponent when she went one-on-one with Ronda's good friend, Natalia. And, you know, Natalia had her moments uh, throughout the match, mounting a comeback after a dominant performance by uh, Nia Jax early on, even a- able to avoid most of her uh, uh, power moves. But we saw as the match reached its conclusion, she did what's become one of her trademark moves of running off someone's back while they're sitting on the ground, only to, as she hit the ropes, uh, caught her knee and crumbled to the mat in pain. Now, Nia took advantage of that, hit the Samoan drop, and scored uh, the victory, and it led Ronda coming down to the ring in concern after the match to check on her friend and took some exception with Nia Jax's actions, either thinking that she intentionally tried to hurt her or uh, that uh, she uh, took advantage of a weak moment for Natalia. And I can't blame Jax because, hey, she wants the victory there. She had no idea that Natalia was hurt at the time. And you could see Jax, she was actually concerned about Natalia. She wanted to check on her, but Ronda wouldn't let uh, Nia Jax get anywhere near Natalia, even leading to a confrontation backstage in the trainer's room where uh, Ronda was uh, tending to Natalia. Natalia was on crutches and Jax tried to come in and check on her because she still considers Natalia a friend only for a uh, um, no, a verbal uh, altercation between her and Ronda going back and forth before uh, Naya I mean, before Natalia left, uh, annoyed at both of them, uh, well, and probably more so annoyed just that she was hurt, wondering if this would cost her being in the women's money in the bank match. So it just added a new seed to this rivalry. It did The booking of this did feel kind of weird. It felt like they were protecting Natalia a little bit because we know that in all likelihood she's not actually injured and will... Uh, compete in uh, the money in the bank but uh, that to not have her just uh, be squashed by uh, Nia Jax in this when Nia's trying to prove a point to Ronda Rousey was an interesting way for them to go in uh, continuing to plant the seeds in this rivalry between Nia and Ronda leading up to money in the bank. As of late, Raw has been giving a little bit more attention to their tag team division with what's going on with this whole B-team gimmick. How they were trying to win over approval from the rest of the Raw tag team division to be the next challengers for the Deleter of Worlds Raw Tag Team Championships at Money in the Bank. Even going as far as having that, you know, Memorial Day barbecue for them last week, which you knew was going to end in a, a fight and a disaster for the B team. So this week, Kurt Angle made a seven-team battle royal to determine the number one contenders for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Prior to the match, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt came out and. Uh, 
gave a little bit of a promo discussing each one of their opponents for this match and told them uh, that, that they you know better be prepared for ultimate deletion uh, for whoever wins that match won't be taking their uh, tag team championships. So the match uh, proceeded on and you figured that at uh, uh, some decision uh, that the uh, uh, way the, the B team was going that they were going to uh, pull out the victory here. But they weren't even the main stories of this match. What I look at as the big story of the match was uh, the work by Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, who were eliminated early in the match courtesy of Brizango's Tyler Breeze uh, knocking Dolph Ziggler out of the ring. But then they were put over nicely when uh, they uh, just destroyed the rest of the field hitting uh, their signature moves, uh, whether it be super kicks, uh, the Claiborne kick, the zigzag, the combination of those two finishers, just taking out all of the field before they left the ring. And they're a team, I've said this for a week, they're hard to ignore. They're, they've become big players on Monday Night Raw, and it's smart to booking decision here by them. You don't want to rush this team. You don't want to rush them right into being tag team champions. At some point, yes, they're going to get that spot. At some point, they're going to be getting championship opportunities. But just continue what you're doing. Build them along slowly until that right opportunity comes where you can put them in the big spot because you know, both of these guys are big time workers. They're on the shown they've got a, a ton of potential and when put together they've become a very dangerous uh, duo but you know after weeks of you know them uh, trying to figure out a role for themselves since the Miz went to Smackdown after weeks of uh, trying to come up with you know new gimmicks for themselves you figured that the B team was going uh, to uh pull off uh, this uh, victory. It came down to them and the, the former SmackDown uh, uh, live tag team champions, Heath Slater and Rhino. And uh, uh, eventually they were able to pull off uh, the victory, avenge the humiliation that they uh, suffered from last week's a um, barbecue segment and uh, earned a tag team title match at Money in the Bank against Bray Wyatt and uh, Matt Hardy, they've uh, oh, been, uh, you know, somehow, some way, been able to be a fun addition to the tag team picture here. Been able to get over with the crowd, and you know, their push for the most part has worked. Now we'll see if uh, they could step up and have a big showing for themselves against Hardy and Wyatt um, on the. Uh, a stage where the lights are going to be even brighter at Money in the Bank in just two weeks. Now let's be honest with ourselves here. This rivalry between Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn has A, gone way too long, and B, become the most obnoxious storyline of the year. And it's actually a shame when you think about it considering the work that Sammy's done in the last oh 
eight, nine months to become a legitimate heel, become a legitimate obnoxious heel over on SmackDown and then coming over here to Raw, becoming a you know, somewhat of a main event heel rather than the mid-card uh, babyface that he was for years. And Bobby Lashley, we've all seen the improvement he's had over the years since his first run in WWE, whether it be his time in Impact Wrestling or how he's become more fearsome with the MMA background and to him. Enough of this rivalry already. They keep bringing up Vertigo every week. They bring up uh, how Sami Zayn uh, believes uh, that that cost him a match at Backlash. Cost him being part of the greatest Royal Rumble. Cost him his shot at being in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And he uh, has retaliated by costing Bobby Lashley the same thing. Also, uh, bringing three men to Monday Night Raw a couple weeks ago. Dressed up, pretending to be his three sisters. And this week, Lashley finally had enough of of Zayn's crap, called him to the ring, but Zayn didn't show up. He uh, instead appeared in the crowd a a safe distance from Bobby Lashley and just continued to do what you should not do, and that's poke the bear. Why poke the bear? He, He... barraged him with a a bunch of uh, ridicules and insults, like suggesting that he's back in WWE for a cash grab, um, like other guys have done. Uh, He uh, even uh, called Bobby Lashley a liar, questioned if he had three sisters, even asked if Lashley actually served the country in the military, which you could see struck a chord with Lashley and um, looked to to be an outright disrespectful, insulting act toward him. But this rivalry, it's gone way too long. It it feels like they're not sure what direction they want to go in with this. Even Lashley is looking um, like every fan, uh, looking at Zayn, like wondering where he's going with some of the stuff he says at times. Enough is enough. Money in the bank can't get here quick enough, so these two can have their one-on-one match. Bobby Lashley hopefully kicks his ass, and then we move on from this because they're wasting Lashley's time when he can be involved in bigger feuds, can be you know a contender for the Intercontinental Championship, could have been in the Money in the Bank, probably would have been a better fit in Money in the Bank than, say, Bobby Roode is right now. And then with Zayn, he, he's just coming across as obnoxious and as a, a waste of talent. Yeah, you, he's supposed to be that cowardly heel, but w- what he's doing right now is just being annoying and making everyone want to you know, rip their ears out of their head and n- not want to listen to him any- anymore because it's just becoming too much each week. Last night had a double main event, which featured the four members of Monday Night Raw who were participating in the uh, men's Money in the Bank ladder match in a couple of weeks, with Bobby Roode going up against the Monster Monk men, Braun Strowman, and Finn Balor and Kevin Owens headlining the show. Now, earlier in the night, Roode faced... uh, 
Strowman in what he uh, described before the match, a something that he was just hoping to survive. And he attempted everything uh, he could uh, to try and survive this because you now Braun Strowman, uh, as expected, was just running over the glorious one early, uh, flattening him, using actually using some offense that we don't usually see from him, including a double underhook suplex. And then what's become a a uh, a tradition for Braun when his opponent tries to get a uh, the upper hand, he it will usually be be because he runs shoulder first into uh, the uh, turnbuckle post when trying to hit them in the corner. That gave uh, Rude some momentum there, gave him a chance to catch his breath and uh, try and get back involved in the matchup. Even. Uh, went as far as going outside the ring to pull out a ladder and uh, place it uh, across uh, the edge of the ring and across the ring barricade, almost holding up there like a bridge. And, you know, he used it as a, as a setup in some ways because as we've seen with Braun Strowman, one of his big things is going outside the ring, running around, and running over his opponents. So Rude used it as a way to lure Strowman outside the ring, get him to chase him around, and hope that he runs into the ladder. Instead, what happens, Strowman's chasing Rude around. Rude ducks under the ladder. Strowman comes to a stop when when he sees the ladder and Rude was taunting him saying, oh, what you going to do, big man? Huh? You can't uh, uh, run past this. You can't run through it. Well, what does Braun Strowman uh, um, like to always tell people that they're going to get? Yeah, get these hands. And he takes both hands and just slams it down um, right on the ladder broke the ladder in half with his bare hands, um, leaving Rude in a state of shock But before he can grab him, toss him um, into uh, the guardrail, and then throw him back in the ring and flatten him with another running power slam en route to a, another victory to continue his build toward the Money in the Bank ladder match. And I don't know how you could stop Braun Strowman. I, I, I honestly don't know how they could feasibly have a way for us to believe that this guy can be stopped because some of the things that he's had they've had done to him or that he just does he is indestructible and and the great thing about it is he's so over with the fans it comes over so naturally not like no, as we've said time time before with Roman Reigns where they're trying to force it uh, and make him the top guy. No, the fans eat it up. Everything Strowman does, they love Braun Strowman. They look at him as their their top guy. And uh, I mean, how can he not be the guy that takes the title off of Brock Lesnar? It, it, there's no one really that it would be as believable other than Braun Strowman than to beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Now, later on in the night, you had the other two men from uh, Raw's side of the Money in the Bank ladder match um, 
Kevin Owens and Finn Balor facing off and reigniting uh, their rivalry from back in their NXT days. And you know, it was you know, a typical Kevin Owens, Finn Balor kind of matchup. Uh, countering each other's offensive styles because they know each other so well, able to avoid each other's uh, finishing uh, maneuvers. A lot of um, near falls and fighting on the outside. And you were curious, how was this one going to end? Because you're trying to build both of these guys up for money in the bank. You're trying to build them both up to uh, be uh, on the strong heading into money in the bank you really can't afford for either one of them to lose a match especially with how Finn got destroyed by Braun Strowman a couple of weeks ago Kevin Owens got beat by Braun Strowman a couple of weeks ago I, neither one of these guys could really afford a loss at this time so what they decided to do is do what is usually considered a, a cop out in the wrestling business by having Kevin Owens beat down uh, Finn Balor in the corner, um, ignored the referee's uh, uh, five count um, by you know, losing his cool there because he couldn't put Balor away and got himself disqualified. And you know that provided the, the chance there that neither one of them got pinned cleanly. They both go over strong here. And Kevin Owens was able to continue the salt after the match, even bringing a ladder into the proceedings by uh, um, setting me up and teasing that he was going to jump off on the ballot. Only problem is they they teased this whole thing where Kevin Owens was you know afraid of heights because he went up a certain amount, then climbed back down two steps, then looked down again, went back down another two steps before Finn Balor got up, knocked him off uh, the ladder, and climbed up and hit the coup de grace himself off of the top of the ladder and uh, left the Raw with a uh, crazy ending to it with uh, that maneuver last night. So, you know, the, while you would have liked to have seen a decisive winner here, both guys come off strongly here. They had a fantastic match. Um, the 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 double countout or the disqualification here for Kevin Owens doesn't really do anything to hurt him. Only you know helps him by um, continuing his heelish ways by uh, doing every dirty move, every dirty tactic, not uh, giving a damn what the referee wants him to do. And it has Finn Balor coming out strong by having, when it looked like he was at his weakest moment, he get gets up, is able to counter what Kevin's trying to do, and he has a, a uh, crazy fun finish for the fans to end the night. Now, they're going to be seeing a lot more of each other soon because they've got money in the bank coming up in a couple weeks. But next week, these four men... Braun Strowman, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens are going to face off in a fatal four-way matchup. And you got to figure at some point, uh, if Roode, Balor, and Owens are smart, they're going to team up against Strowman to try and take him out of not just that match, but the Money in the Bank ladder match. But I will continue to say this. I don't care... What they do with SmackDown Live, whether what member of the New Day is going to be part of the match, what they have planned for 
say, The Miz or Samoa Joe, who I think could be the next challenger for the WWE Championship. Whatever they are planning to do over there. Braun Strowman needs to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. They need to have him win that briefcase and cash it in on Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. He needs to be the guy that finally dethrones the Beast because he's so over with the crowd and he's proven to be indestructible to the point where there's no one else that it would be believable if you had them try to defeat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. For this Tuesday, June 5th, 2018, I'm M3, and that was my opinion. I'll be back tomorrow with a recap on SmackDown Live, as well as back throughout the rest of the week with um, more podcasts. So continue to stay tuned here. Remember, tell your friends about uh, the place where they can find M3's opinion, either on the podcast channel, type it in there, or online, anchor.fm slash M3's opinion. Everybody have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Peace.